What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Feel wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. Make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Fun show for you today. Dam- no, I'm just kidding. It's not a Damian Lillard trade show, but I will say this. I'm recording this on the evening of Thursday, September 21st. You are listening to Friday, September 22nd show. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Sounds like Damian Lillard's going to get traded imminently, very soon. There's a lot of reporting that says that, but I'm sparing We. I will come back. I will record an episode all about that and Dame's legacy, and that deserves its own 35 minutes to... Uh, to much, much longer than that. We're not going to squeeze that in here. But it does sound like Dame's going to get traded. I'll mention a little more at the end of the episode. The time is nigh. What I want to do is offer you a little bit of peace in this episode. A little bit of peace in case you do not want Dame stuff or in case at some point you want a whole episode dedicated to Scoot Henderson, the future of the franchise in many, many ways. So that's what today's episode is. It is the fifth installment of our third annual Lockdown Blazers countdown to tip off. Uh, We're running down every player on the roster, giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Blazers. Look at how they performed last season, how they wound up on the Blazers. Best and worst case scenarios will close the show talk and expectations and likely roll next year. Today's episode, we're going full sterling talking scoot henderson uh if you've missed the other ones if you're a youtube listener there's a playlist with where all of them will live our season preview playlist and if you are a podcast listener they're in your feed uh we've done jeremy grant we've done shane sharp nazir little matisse theibel jabari walker chris murray and today sterling your boy young scooter scoot henderson scoot comes to the blazers so the third overall pick the 2023 NBA draft after two seasons of professional basketball. Graduated high school early so he could go play in the G League Ignite, the incubator program for increasingly young stars, right? Like this looks like what the G League Ignite's going to be. It's going to be a place, an option for players like Scoot who are high-level draft picks to to skip college and go get professional training right away professional and then play in a, in a professional league right away so last season the 2022-2023 season for the G League Ignite at age 19 Scoot Henderson averaged 17.6 points 5.1 boards 6.4 assists to go with three turnovers and just over a steal per game he shot 44% from the field 32.4% from three and 75 even from the free throw line um it would be you know, I didn't like. I, I've watched some YouTube videos. Um, shout out to Hoops Intellect. I've, I've watched some like you know good scouting report stuff, um, but it's not like I was pouring over the film on Scoot when he was coming up in 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 the in the hype train, right? Like at one point, it's like it would be the Blazers were like they were pretty clearly going to be a lottery team from like the fifth of December on or whatever. But um, they, you know, they weren't going to be like a top five, top five picky type team until they really decided to go for it. So I, I wasn't pouring over the, uh, the tape of, of young top five picks. Like I might be this year in December, listen to the show. That's my, might be a little bit more of what we do. Um, but we'll, we're going to have fun. Uh, trust me. It's a fun show. You will enjoy it. If you're just, if you're just tuning in now, it's a fun show. I, I, I bet you'll like it. Tell your friends about it. But my first exposure to Scoot was when he, when the G League Ignite played Victor Wembanyama's Metro, Metropolitan's team in the showcase in Vegas in back-to-back games, and uh, it was like on in the, 
in the afternoon here. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm tuned in to check out, you know, my first real look at Wemby and my first real look at Scoot. And Wemby was awesome in that game. 37, he blocked like eight shots. But, but Scoot was great. He was great. He stepped up to that the big old bright lights and had 28 points, 9 assists, 5 boards, 2 steals. Like he was so stinking good making step back jumpers, made a you know big crossover step back 3 at the top of the key, got to the rim and finished with reverses. Like my first exposure to to watching a full live game of Scoot, I was immediately in. Um and but my opinion doesn't necessarily matter here, but I just like want to be clear. The second time I was going to watch a full scoot game was the next game, the game two of that of that Wemby showcase, and he got hurt, um, hurt his knee early in the game and left. So I so I, I hadn't I didn't see him again until Vegas, and in Vegas, you know he's he he Blazers draft him on draft night. He says Portland. I'm coming. I'm I'm coming to to save the day. Like he kind of knows the assignment, right? Like he knows when he gets drafted and he's still on the team that like the era is shifting. Um, I, I think Scoot is smart enough to know that he was the fact that he's still wearing a blazer hat 20 minutes later doing interviews means that the um, he probably wasn't going to be Damian Lillard's teammate. I think the tea leaves were pretty much there. Um, certainly, I speculate as much on draft nights on this very podcast. But, you know, he wore a fun suit. Um, he was he just he's like he was immediately has this sort of star potential and charisma and I'm super excited about him and then he shows up in the, in Vegas and I'm, I'm hyped right like I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the, the uh, Blazers winning the G, uh, the G League the uh, Summer League Championship what happens in Vegas belongs to the Blazers shout out to Evan M uh, they it's and his debut it, it lived up to it right like it lived up to it Played 21 minutes. He had 15 points in his first game in Summer League. Five boards, six assists, and a steal. You know, didn't shoot great. Five of 13 from the free throw line, but it, the feel was there. Made one of three threes, all four of his free throw attempts. The feel is there. The pace is there. Playing against a super athletic uh, Rockets lineup. And Tari Eason, who's like going to be a good defender in the league. And, and Jabari Smith and Cam Whitmore, who's a really good athlete. And Scoot was just getting where he wanted to go, no problem. Like he was missing, maybe missing pull-ups. Took some harder ones than, he, um, than maybe he had to. But like he... he the best athletes probably in all of... in On any summer league roster, they had nothing for him. They had nothing for him. Then he gets hurt. <laughs> Leaves third quarter with a shoulder injury and his summer league is done. And I don't, um, that's all I've seen of Scoot really like live. And I'm a live guy. Like I trust the, I trust the draft people. I trust, you know, um, Sam Vecini and, and Raphael Barlow, you know, friends of the program. Uh, but like, I want to see dudes play full games. I was excited to see Scoot play. I've seen him play two full games. I'm really excited to watch him wear a blazer uniform, play a bunch of basketball and, and be a special teenager in the NBA. So let's talk about what that's going to look like. In the second segment, let's talk best and worst case scenarios for Scoot. The best case scenario is that he could win the friggin' Rookie of the Year. Let's talk about what the other things might look like. But first, before we talk best and worst, let's talk bird dogs. Just, just darn comfortable clothing. Uh, all summer long, I was rocking the bird dog shorts. Uh, they kind of look like khakis, but they are like athletic um what they're calling cloud knit fabric. So they make it look like they're, you know, the type of pants you could wear or type of shorts rather you could wear wherever you want to go and whatever you want to do with. You could take them from 
from the golf course to date night to lounging on your couch or if you're me walking the stroller around the around the park and letting those stilts out i'm rocking those five inch inseams i'm looking good i'm feeling good i'm they're comfortable they're versatile they're great shorts but now it's getting a little colder like it was, it was fall today in um in portland and luckily bird dogs doesn't just make shorts they also make really comfortable joggers i got a pair of the joggers they're great too um and in the world of athleisure these joggers are super versatile um in my in my day job, I do not I wear I got a slacks type day job day job. So I'm not I'm not rocking uh I'm not rocking the uh in the office, not rocking joggers, but like these are formal enough that you could or nice enough that you could dress them up and kind of like wear them out to a nice dinner, or you could just wear them around your house as, as lounge pants. You could f- from couch to cafe, no problem looking good in your bird dog joggers. So uh the the versatility, the comfort unmatched and if you're looking for other athleisure brands like bird dogs just blows them out of the water price wise it's just it's just way cheaper than what what other brands are doing so why not why not go get comfortable get the shorts if you still live somewhere where it's warm if you live here in portland check out the joggers get comfortable all fall long go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba enter the promo code locked on nba checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you all right Still talking Scoot Henderson on today's episode. It's the the player preview for all things Scoot. We're talking best and worst case scenarios here in the second segment. These are best case scenarios within reason and worst case scenarios without injury. So we're talking about what happens on the court. And within reason typically means, and the typical caveat I give there is, we're not talking awards unless dudes can win awards. And straight up, Scoot Henderson could win an award. He could be the rookie of the year in the NBA. He is talented enough and is going to get the opportunity that would allow him to be the rookie of the year in the league. The best case scenario for Scoot Henderson is that he hits the ground running. He is a absolutely from the moment he steps on the court, he is just a walking, dribbling paint touch. Nobody can keep him out of the paint. The best case scenario is that he's a natural playmaker and his advanced feel and vision and his mid-range touch on pull-up jumpers opens up his rim attacks and he becomes the rare rookie to live at the free throw line. And his athleticism just immediately translates on both ends. The best case scenario is then when we get to awards season, it's not just the Victor Wembenyama coronation. It's the Scoot Show, and Scoot Henderson snatches the Rookie of the Year award from a potentially generational talent in Wemby, at least how they talk about it. I want to be clear. I think the term generational talent gets tossed around too much. A seven foot five dude who can handle and shoot threes and maybe is going to come into the league as a 19-year-old and be an elite defender right away, that's a generational talent. Wemby looks like that. What Scoot looks like is an all-NBA level talent. He looks like someone who could has the future of being an all-NBA guard. Generational is probably too much. It's probably unfair. But a guy who could be an all, a multi-time all-star, a guy who could anchor a franchise as from the lead guard role, that's what Scoot looks like. The people who do this professionally think Scoot Henderson could have gone number one in a bunch of different drafts. He just didn't go number one in this one because it was the Wemby draft. And the best case scenario is that even in maybe in the shadow of Victor Wembanyama, which might be large, that Scoot Henderson is special, and he's special right away. The, the thing that I have been so impressed with when I've watched Scoot play is, one, he seems to understand the moment. 
Um, he, he's, he's, he likes the bit, he likes the bright lights. And I think some of that is like a kid who was always groomed to be this, right? Like he grew up, um, and, and his dad owned a gym, owned and ran a gym as a trainer who owned and ran a gym. Like from the moment Scoot was like 11, it was like, yeah, you're going to be a professional basketball player. You're talented enough to do it. And at 17, he went pro. Like he, this is, this is the path he has been on since he was a sophomore and like seriously, since he was a sophomore in high school. And it was like, yeah, you're going to, you're like, you're going to graduate early and go to the, and go play professional hoops. He has a, he has a feel for it. He, or he has a, he has an understanding of, of the big moments and appreciation for it. But his feel, just the feel of how to play the sport, um, is really, he has a pace and a touch and just a, he, that that sort of understanding of the big moments and then the sort of really micro stuff the understanding of the of of not this sort of like st of the stage but understanding of the manipulation of other dudes on the court the the nine other players that are on the on the court with you your, where your teammates are where their defenders are get a guy on your hip get to your spots do what you do scoot's got that ability the best case scenario is that translates right away and that he is something uh, if he isn't the straight up rookie of the year because it's just hard to do it in this particular draft class that he is clearly ready to be special the best case scenario is that there is no doubt about it scoot henderson was the right pick and the future for the blazers at the point guard position the worst case scenario is that he's a teenager in the league the worst case scenario is that he's a 19-year-old who isn't quite ready. Uh, the worst case scenario is that the outside shooting, which he struggled in, in the G League and it just isn't a skill that he's developed yet, just doesn't come around in year one. He doesn't get to the free throw line a whole bunch, and he's a serious negative on defense. That's the worst case scenario. I think from the scouting reports that I've read and, and watched on YouTube a little bit, uh, the defense stuff with Scoot is mostly potential overproduction. He, when he wants to and is locked in, he can be a, you know, he has, he's like, he's huge, right? Like he's, uh, Chauncey Billups says he looks like he's playing safety for the Denver Broncos. Like he's just big, big shoulders and big, strong shoulders. Like he's jacked, right? Um, and when he wants to, he can put that frame and his lateral quickness to work and be a good defensive player. But the scouting reports suggest that he just didn't do that very much in the G League. That he has potential to be a good defender, but so far, to date, he hasn't really been that. And guarding, as a point guard is the hardest position to learn in the league, in the NBA. I, I think the sort of traditional wisdom is that it takes longer for big men, but I, I think it is just unequivocal that point guard is the hardest position to learn in the league. So the worst case scenario is that it just, it, Scoot is has potential, but is still like very clearly a negative player in the way that young players are very generally negative players in the league. It is, you know, even John Morant, who was, you know, a rookie of the year and really special, was like generally, according to sort of like advanced stats, like he was generally like a, a net negative, right? Um, just in the way that it's, it, Jaw was very clearly going to be good. He was very clearly going to win, going to win awards, you know, rookie of the year, MIP, um, all-star, all the stuff, like all NBA on, on, on his rookie contract type of thing. It's like, but he was even, even during a special season as a rookie, it was like, yeah, like he struggles a little bit. He has some stuff he doesn't do well. I think Ja is a pretty good, um, they're not that similar of players just because of their like frame and their build and stuff. But like that's, that's a, that's like a, a good direction for, for, uh, Scoot to point in, right? A really special young lead guard. Obviously, Jaws had a bunch of off-court stuff that is not what I'm talking about, but the basketball things, right? <laughs> the uh, uh, the things that happen between the lines. 
Otherwise, maybe, uh, you know, don't use social media in the same way. That would be my advice. Uh, the worst case scenario, though, is it's like a very believable thing. It's like, yeah, he wasn't a very good defender and he's still figuring out. Yeah, he's not a very good shooter and that's going to hold him back right now, but he'll, he can continue to work on his shooting. And yeah, the NBA game is just hard because this is the best league in the world. And while Scoot is going to be really good year one, not quite there yet. The worst case scenario is, to be clear, still a scenario is a very reasonable scenario where he is the worst, worst case scenario for, for Scoot could still land him on first team all rookie. Like, I, I really think that's there for him. And part of the reason that that's there for him is because the role he's going to have. Let's talk role, expectations, and yes, a little bit about Damian Lillard in the third segment. Um, I'm protecting your piece, but we have to address reality for a moment, and it impacts why why Scoot is has a legitimate chance to win a bunch of awards as a rookie, why he's going to be special and why there's going to be space for him to be special. That's what we'll, we will do in the third segment to close the show. But first I want to tell you about DoorDash. You've probably used DoorDash to order food. You know, you've, you've been sitting on your couch, you're hungry and you're like, I don't want to cook. I'm just going to order DoorDash. You fire up the app and you get them to bring your favorite restaurant to you. But now they're doing they're doing a little something a little bit different. They've got grocery delivery. So you'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door except this time it won't be hot food. It'll be grocery products with thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your boost that local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or DoorDash will make it right. So sit back, enjoy those quality groceries just like you'd pick them out yourself. You want even more value? You can save on your grocery and restaurant favorites with zero delivery fees on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Plus, easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. So, get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use the code Locked NBA at checkout. It's a limited time offer and some terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20. No minimum subtotal. Zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Scoot Henderson has a chance to be very, very special. I, I, what I typically do in this space when we're doing season previews is remind you that the best and worst case scenario are the poles. Scoot's going to land in the middle, but I think Scoot's middle is going to be special regardless. Like I said, he might struggle, right? Like he might be a bad defensive player who can't shoot and he still might average like 18 and six because he's going to have a big old runway to do it. Scoot Henderson it's going to be the Blazers' starting point guard when the season opens. And part of that is because they're going to trade their franchise point guard. It has been openly speculated on this show several times for several months that the Blazers would trade Damian Lord before training camp. And now, as we approach basically the two-week mark, um, a little, little more, uh, or 10-day mark basically before training camp, excuse me, a little less is what I meant to say, there is some reporting um, from... John Gamadoro in Phoenix, a radio host and super plugged in NBA reporter in Phoenix, that that a that a Dame trade is imminent. 
there are some sort of social media obvious tea leaf stuff like kind of emo posts from Tyler Hero and Damian Lillard kind of sending his love to Blazer fans in a way that he hasn't up until now. It seems like it's going to happen. And like I said at the top of the show, when it happens, I'll come back and do an episode. We'll do a long episode. Dame deserves it. You deserve it. This isn't about that. But it has. we have, we have to address it. The reason that Scoot is going to have this runway is because the Blazers are going to clear it for him. Scoot's going to be the starting point guard on night one, on day one. He's likely going to go into camp as the starting point guard. I think that's a good thing. I think when the Blazers drafted Scoot Henderson, they committed to having him have this role. And I'm glad in many ways, depending on what happens with the Dame stuff, is that, they, that they've decided just to go ahead and do it and that they didn't muddy the waters too much for several months, making it weird and saying, don't worry, you'll get a chance soon and losing 60 games of that commitment to him. It's, you know, a development investment, development capital. I wanted them to use a lot of that development capital on Scoot. And that means minutes and time. And he's going to get that. He's your starting point guard. That's the role he's going to have. What are my expectations for him? Well, I think Scoot's going to be really good. I really do. Um, I really, really do. I, I think if you're a longtime listener of the program, you know that I have said this and I'll say it here now. is like, rookies are bad. <laughs> Even the best ones are bad, right? Like, it's just, it's a league for adults. Um, the Most of the good defensive teams in the league typically have been teams that are experienced because there's a lot of stuff happening and guys that have seen the same actions, the same patterns, the same tendencies from NBA, their NBA uh, competition for years and years are better at recognizing it. Rookies don't have that. They don't have it on defense. They don't have it on offense. They, don't, they can't attack the best defenses. They can't stop the best offenses. Rookies are typically bad. So I won't be surprised if Scoot is bad by like the larger grand sense of the league, right? Like if he has, if his advanced metrics suggest that he's a negative on the court. It wouldn't surprise me one little bit. If I had to guess, the pendulum swings a little bit more towards worst case scenario where he is a negative teenager in the league versus the best case scenario portion of the graph or where, I guess pendulums aren't really on a graph portion of the curve uh, where... Uh, where he's rookie of the year, right? Wouldn't surprise me if he's rookie of the year, but I, I think he's much more likely to land, you know, slightly towards the worst case scenario where he is someone learning the ropes. But I think by year two and year three, Scoot Henderson might just be straight up a good basketball player in the NBA. He's played two years as of professional basketball. He already has the physicality NBA frame. He's not one of those dudes where it's like, well, once he fills out a little bit and does some, you know, gets in the NBA weight room, like he's he's there physically. It's just about feel and a little bit about his shooting. For me, the three-point shooting doesn't matter that much. Eventually, it'll matter. Uh, I think it matters for, for guys like John Morant and, um, you know, uh, John Wall and Russell Westbrook, all like reasonable kind of like super athletic non-shooter point guard comps for, for, um, for Scoot. I really like the John Wall comp for Scoot. I think that's a really good one. I don't know that he has that freakish top half a percent athleticism as Russell Westbrook. Russell is one of one. He's a really, really really special player, but, but sort of that John Wall speed shot out of a cannon with that great vision and, and occasionally just can really get up on you with, and also, you know, and dunk on you and, and, and crazy layup finishes with the, with the spin packages and all those things. Like I think Scoot reminds me of the pre-injury young John Wall a lot. 
I think he can be that quickly in the league. And my expectations are that he will make an all-star team on his rookie contract. Sometime in his first four years, he will be an all-star in the NBA. I don't usually do that. But I think Scoot is that good. And talking to folks who do this professionally, they've kind of convinced me that he's going to be really good. And I think some of this, if I'm being honest, is what the kids call copium. I want to believe in Scoot. I want to believe in him. I started covering the Blazers professionally during uh, Damian Lord's second season in the league. Um, <laughs> uh, and now, some 10 years later, I um, there's probably part of me and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm making t- terms with that publicly now, it's like that, that's like, the Blazers will still have a special player on the roster that's worth rooting for. Um, and I think that's probably coloring maybe my rosier belief in Scoot Henderson. But I really think he's going to be good. I really do. I'm much higher on Scoot than I am on Shaden Sharp. I think Scoot's going to be really good. So my expectations for him in year one, or maybe that he'll struggle the way the rookies struggle. And the Blazers probably going to be bad. That might be the worst team in the NBA. But I think Scoot is going to show us flashes of what a franchise guard looks like. And you will hear me say it. Hold on to your joy and appreciate it. And 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 remember that like the path is 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 not always linear, right? And so he might be good for 12 games, bad for eight games, type of thing. But I think he's going to be really good. My expectations are that he's going to be like a star in the NBA. Straight up. I, I think more than any other player on the roster, more than Anthony Simons, who's already really good, more than Jeremy Grant, who's you know 20, 20 game score and 40% shooter from three, and more than Shaden Sharp, who has elite athleticism and, a, and the tools to be a very, very, very good player in the league. I think I am confident that Scoot will be a star. If I had to pick anyone on the roster to make an all star team, it's Scoot. Easy. Easy. Not this season, but sometime here in the future. So. While I typically hear, I'm a little bit, I tamp stuff down, right? I try to, I try to, I try to say like, hey, you know, everybody lands in the middle and like some, you know, it's okay. And like, I think Scoot Anderson might struggle in year one, but I think he's going to show you enough to really buy in in year two. And I'm probably already buying stock in 2024 Scoot Henderson. I'm excited to see what he looks like after 50 NBA games and kind of gets a feel for it. I'm excited to see him down the stretch run of the season for a bad Blazers basketball team take off. And I'm excited to see him get the keys to it early on so there is nothing cloudy or confusing about what his role is going to be like. I think it's good for him. I do. I think it's good for the franchise. I think it's probably at some point, if you're able, you will be able to find uh, peace and excitement about it. I don't know that Damian Lillard's going to get traded tomorrow. <laughs> As you're listening to this, I don't know if Damian Lillard's going to get traded today. I don't know if he's been traded by the time you're hearing this, if you listen to it a little later in the, in the afternoon. Hope you listen to it right away. First listen of the day. Shout out to my everydayers. Listen to it. You know, if you're driving to work, listen to it. You get on the train, listen to it. Um, if you work from home while you're making coffee and breakfast, pop it in your pop it in your, uh, in your earbuds or, uh, you know, on your TV if you're a YouTube watcher. Or watch it on your phone while you're doing what you do. Watched early. I don't know if Dame's going to get traded. But I will say this. If he gets, if it happens, and again, there seems to be a lot of momentum to suggest that it's happening based on the reporting and the tea leaves, the social media tea leaves, I will just do a show. 
You won't have to worry, you know, or you'll have, you won't have to wait until Monday or whatever. I'll come down here into my basement and I'll record another show. So that's why we're talking about Scoot today and the future and hope and fun. Uh, this will be the Scoot episode. And when it's time, we'll do the Dame episode. So come back for that one, whenever it might be, whether it's tomorrow afternoon, whether it's over the weekend, whether it's in two weeks, whether it's in freaking February. We're going to march along. It's what we do five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. We're back and the fun stuff is here. The big things are finally happening. Might not be fun in the near term, but I promise the fun is on the horizon. Tell your friends about the show. Come back for the next one. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.